Hey, entrepreneurs and small business owners. Uh, I put a lot of effort into my business and I'm sure you do as well, but what do we actually get for that effort? Um, and I'm not talking about the long-term efforts that, that we, people talk about it, the long-term effects of our actions, like new, like new revenue goals or market penetration or something like that. What reaction do we actually get from a particular action that we take in our business? It's time to get reactive. I'm Stephen Krause, and this is Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast where we blend your passion with proven business principles and practical action. This isn't about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about taking proven business principles and applying them in ways that are unique and helpful for small business. Action is something that we, almost as entrepreneurs, we take for I won't say we take it for granted, but we take it all the time, right? This is something that we're used to. We, we are used to taking action in situations where we see something that we don't think is the way the world should be. That's probably what got us started on our entrepreneurial journey in the first place, right? We said, oh, we have this problem in the market or this, this um, uh, way that we can make lives better, and, but it's going to take action to get to that point. So we do it. But what have you ever stopped to think about the specific actions that you take and are they having the impact that you expect? And so when we talk about Newton's third law, bringing it back to physics a little bit, action, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Well, in for us as business owners, we would really like that to be true, right? But it doesn't feel true. Every action seems to be diluted to the point of, you know, did it even matter? And so it's very easy to find ourselves getting discouraged or, or questioning whether or not what we're doing makes sense. And I think that's that part of it might be a good question to ask, but it's important that it's not a, that it's not something that's bringing us down. So I want to talk today about, you know, what, what is this concept of equal and opposite reactions and how do we moderate our, our actions and our thoughts and our, and our behavior to get the most out of the energy that we put into our business, the action that we take, um, in a way that is helpful for the business, but not damaging to our psyche, which, you know, if you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur, you have plenty of things to cause you sleepless nights and, and to question what you're doing. And we want to reduce those numbers. And I'm not saying that to be discouraging. It's just a reality that, that entrepreneurship is a tough gig. And, and so anything we can do to get a handle on that helps us as small business owners. So when you, in physics, the, the whole concept of equal and opposite reactions is pretty easy. If you play pool and you hit the cue ball into another ball, the other ball moves in a direction that physics can predict right? Um, you're all familiar with that desk toy with the five balls hanging on strings. And when you, uh, swing one ball into the, into the string of balls, the other, the, the ball on the other end goes out. And if you do two, it, uh, then when the two balls hit the, the string of balls, then two on the opposite side go out. Um, and so that it's very easy to see the, the model of, or an example of this equal and opposite reaction in physics. Of course, there are um, a lot of factors that, that go into those things. 
for example, how two balls hitting that tells that system for two balls to react on the other side. I mean, I get that it's shows Newton's law, but I, I'm not a physicist, but that's really cool to me. Um, so when we talk about the equal and opposite, um, business isn't structured in Newtonian physics. I do think we can get some examples from the concept of equal and opposite reaction, but let's face it, humans don't react in ways that we can always predict. Sometimes they do, and as populations, they might. Or, but it's actually easier to explain human behavior in hindsight than it is to predict human behavior on the front. Uh, now, and, and so that causes a, a, a piece of business that's difficult, right? Because we're always interacting with, with other humans, and that's what we do. Um, the economy is uncertain. Even at the best of times, the economy is uncertain. I've talked before. I have never gone more than eight years in my career without a serious economic disruption. That's just a fact. And it doesn't, I don't expect that to change. And it, it isn't something that, that we need to get um, too consumed with. It's just part of the business environment. There's always going to be disruption. Disruption is something we can't control. And the legal and political climate can change. So in, for example, here in Colorado, the legalization of, of marijuana, recreational marijuana has changed the, the climate of business in this state. And, uh, I'm not saying for the better or worse, I'm just saying that that is a very specific change that people in Colorado can relate to. And actually after the most recent election, there are other states following suit and there have been other states that did the same. So there's a, a, a movement in the marketplace for that kind of product or that kind of change. And um, if you turn that around, that could actually go the other way. States could become more conservative. Now we have, you know, we have the history of, of uh, prohibition that didn't work out very well. And so, it, you know, is it likely? I don't know. Um, but that's a risk in the business environment and the legal uh, climate that those businesses have to deal with. They have to understand and cope with those things. So that's, that complicates the scope of business when it comes to, you know, do we get just equal and opposite reactions when we take an action? Well, the reaction can be muddied or, or influenced by a lot of factors that we don't have control over. And so it's, it's easy to understand, or it's important to understand that. Not necessarily um, that we're going to try to find ways to control it because largely that's impossible. But how do we work within those boundaries? How do we work in that environment? So what do we expect when we take an action? I mean, if you really think about it, what every time you take an action in your business, there must be, or hopefully there is, an expectation of an outcome or else we shouldn't be spending the energy because we don't have enough resources as small business owners to just do things. We need to do things that mean something for our business. And so I run an ad. I want new sales. I expect new sales. If I build an, uh, uh, or buy a new machine, I expect 
increased productivity. If I build an online store, I expect traffic and revenue. How many times have we run an ad and crickets, right? Or bought a new machine that was, that costs more than it's worth once it's time to, once you look at the, the maintenance and the training and the difference in productivity, it happens. Uh, you know, when was the last time you built an online presence and, and, you know, ended up sounding, listening to the sound of crickets, which, uh, you know, whether that's a social media presence or a new website or whatever, uh, YouTube channel, uh, you know, crickets are calming when you're camping, but they're infuriating when you're trying to have an impact in a community or in a marketplace. So we take action because we want to increase the impact of our business in our customers' lives. So we have to have considered action. And we want it to be equal and opposite. Uh, and we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about willingness to change. So where the three things we're really going to cover is this concept of considered action, equal and opposite. You know, what does that really mean in business? And then willingness to change the action that we're taking. So let's talk a little bit about considered action. When it comes to uh, small business, we don't have any spare time. There's no, if I have spare time, I want to spend it with my family, not in my business. So uh, I'm going to say something that's going to sound a little bit off maybe, but when we're super busy, we need to slow down. When our brain is going really, really fast and we're, and we're acting, 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 we need to slow down. It, it, it sounds crazy. I know. And, uh, but it's important because when we act in haste, we, we can fall back to acting from habit instead of acting from intent. And so that's really important because when we, when we act from habit, we're not connected with the impact we want to have. We're simply connected to what we've always done. And you've probably heard the phrase, and I don't know who said it, and I'm not going to say it exactly like it is, but, um, you know, the habits that got you where you are are not the ones that are going to get you where you want to be. Uh, so we have to, you have to be really careful about relying on habit. Some habits are good. If you have a habit of working out every day, that's great. And, 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 uh, you know, and there are parallels in business. If you have a habit of, of, uh, getting a show done every Thursday at 10 AM and that's part of your plan, that's great. But, there are habits that don't help us. There are habits that we, um, that they might not be detrimental, but they're not adding value. And we need to be very careful that we're not, um, defaulting to these old habits when we could be taking action using new habits or developing new habits that can help us move forward. So we want to slow down enough so that you can connect your next action with the outcome you want for your business. And what does that mean? I, I don't know what it means for each of you. Um, what it means, uh, what it can mean, exercise, take a walk. If you're in the middle of, of, if you find your head just spinning and spinning and you're going really fast in your head, maybe it's time to take a walk. Maybe it's time to meditate. Maybe it's time to take lunch. 
Maybe it's time to uh, get on a treadmill. Maybe it's time to uh, have a coffee date with your spouse. I don't, I don't know for each individual, but, but my advice is to find a way to slow that process down so that you're not acting out of habit. Break that cycle. So we don't want to slow down our productivity, but we do want to slow down those frenetic thoughts um, so our productivity is actually productive. So the action that we're taking is actually moving the business toward the impact that we want to have. So that's considered action. Basically, if you find yourself thinking really fast, moving, 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 it's probably time to slow down and take a break and figure out what the next right action should be. Um, so let's talk a little bit about equal and opposite now. Uh, do we really want equal and opposite reactions in business? Well, the reality is, yeah, a lot of times we do. Um, in episode, I think it was 53 or two, the one about Newton's first law, uh, I talked about the whole concept of business communication is changing the level of contentment in the audience that we're speaking to. We want them to behave differently than they're currently behaving, whether we want them to buy more from us, not buy from our competitors, value our brand more, um, uh, think, uh, or, or uh, in the case of some public relations, you know, accept our level of damage control. All of those things are about having an, uh, an impact on behavior that is, for lack of a better term, the opposite of the behavior that they were engaged in before. And so, yeah, we do want people to behave differently than they were behaving. And so do, do we really get equal and opposite reactions? Well, let's talk about both of those a little bit more. So equal is really difficult to quantify in business, right? Because equal return on investment uh, you know, time, the money, the energy, how do you, how do you quantify the, uh, an equal return on the amount of energy you spend on a particular thing? The only real way you can do that is to value your time and how much time did you spend on that particular thing? Uh, in terms of, I mean, because energy is very hard to say, okay, my, you know, on a calorie basis, I spent, 400 calories doing this particular activity that gets a little crazy, right? So, you know, we, we don't necessarily have a great, uh, way to measure the return on investment for our, our day-to-day -day efforts and our effort gets diluted in the marketplace. So if we queue up that pool table again, but instead of the eight ball, we put a bowling ball. Now, I realized that they wouldn't fit in the rack, but just run with it. Uh, it's just an example. Once you uh, try to break, is that bowling ball going to move in the same way that an eight ball would have? Well, of course not, because it has a lot more mass. And that's the same with small business trying to impact the global marketplace, even a regional marketplace. Our efforts are diluted just like the energy of that cue ball into the bowling ball, uh, it all gets spread out and in ways that we can't 
always predict. So uh, the what do we do about that is, uh, or, or let's back up a little bit. So a single small business in a world economy, it's very hard to feel, it's easy to feel like your, your impact is diluted. Just like that, that example. Um, and, and I think it's important to realize that the economy isn't in our, in our competitive landscape, isn't simply our local area right? It's in, in many ways, it can be a global marketplace, even for small business. And that can be good and bad. Uh, we compete with com companies around the world. I watched a video about shaving the other day by a company in, in Scotland. So, you know, and of course their branding wants me to go buy products from them. And of course they ship to the United States. So there's a small business over there that is you know, competing with, uh, you know, whoever's over here, art of shaving or whatever. And so it is a global economy, even for small business and acts. Now we also have access to that market ourselves, uh, through our websites, online shopping platforms, Amazon, eBay, all of these things that allow us to compete globally. Um, even though we may be in Loveland, Colorado. And so the good news is that we have the ability to have an impact on a global marketplace. The bad news is that that means that all of our efforts get diluted in a global marketplace. If you think, think about this example of the half-life for a social post. So if you post something on Twitter, how long does it stay on someone's feed? And there are, there's research out there about it, but it's very, very short, right? So the half-life of a, of a social post is not very long. So you don't have a lot of, of influence if you're not a big company or a big influencer, or you aren't posting constantly, which most of us as small business owners, we can't, we don't have time for that. So it's critical that we focus our energy carefully and in the, in the direction of our goals. And so that's, that's the equal part of it. And the reality is that we're going to put energy out and it is going to get distributed. So we're not going to immediately realize an equal response, um, in the market, or at least not in the direction that we would like. What does the opposite look like though? This is where physics and business kind of fall apart and that's okay. They lose a little bit of their uh, of, of the metaphor doesn't work as well, but we'll talk about it anyway, because I think it's important. Uh, our actions are not always going to be predicted to produce opposite behavior. And so if I buy an ad, instead of not buying my product, a potential customer does buy my product. That's my goal. I want them to say, I want you to buy my services instead of a competitor's services. And it'd be nice if it was that simple, but it's not because of the distribution of our energy, like I talked about before, um, the opposite doesn't really come across that way. What I like to think about is that our efforts and our energy that we, that we send out, instead of creating an opposite reaction, is going to narrow the field of reaction. So, so reduce the variability of reaction. So instead of, you know, a 360 degree circle of possibility, 
we focus our energy so that 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 field becomes instead of let's say we're starting here that field of behavior becomes smaller so uh we want to bring we want to use our energy to bring the market more in alignment with our company and our intended behavior since we're not going to get exact equal and opposite behavior we just need to admit it from the beginning and understand that what we're really doing is reducing that variability. And so we spend energy uh, taking action to bring, bring around uh, an outcome, bring things better in alignment, uh, and and uh, I already covered that. All right, we're, do we're done with that. So we narrow the scope of variability when it comes to these outcomes. So opposite is really narrowing the scope of variability. That's what we need to focus on. So let's talk about the last thing, and that is the willingness to take, to, to the willingness to change action. As an entrepreneur, I already know that you're willing to take action because you already done it. So problem solved, right? But, uh, and there's a word that we use in the business in the business world when we take, when we change our action and that is called pivoting. Well, we've all seen companies that have committed to a course of action uh, in, and stuck to it in spite of overwhelming evidence that it is not working. And uh, one of my, one of the sad local stories is a camera shop. This was in the nineties. Uh, I went to buy a digital camera and I've talked about this before. Uh, and I said, Hey, I want the, I think it was the, Canon Rebel XT was the digital camera that I was trying to get. And the, the, uh, the person behind the counter said that yeah, we don't do digital. And of course it wasn't more than a year before they were out of business, right? Because the world was going to do digital. That was where we were going. And, and they stuck to that and put their own company out of business. Uh, another good example on a bigger scale is Blockbuster and VHS. You know, DVDs came out and there were like 10 at the Blockbuster store. And then there were all these VHSs and they just couldn't get a grip on that. And then to make it worse, when streaming became a thing, when Netflix became a thing, they still stuck to their model. And where's Blockbuster, right? Uh, so, there, there's obvious examples to what happens or for what happens when you stick to a course that isn't working. And, and those were not, those were not trends that were hidden from the public. Okay. The, the advent of digital video and digital photography, uh, digital media in general was by the time the did the rebel XT came out, it was a trend that could not be denied. And certainly by the time streaming was developed, the market was trending in a direction that VHS tapes that you get at the local retail stop, st wow, store was just not going to be the way it was going to work. And so consequently blockbuster Hollywood, any of those other video stores are now virtually gone if they're not completely gone. I think there's a blockbuster on the West coast somewhere and I don't know anything about Hollywood video or any of the others. So, um, 
But definitely those were business models that went through a period of time where they could be successful, but when they chose not to adapt to a new marketplace, their businesses failed. And that happens, and that could be happening right now. I mean, right now we're in the middle of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, and I said middle like I'm, a, like I'm Nostradamus. I have no idea where we are in terms of time. But we are uh, involved in this pandemic, and it is changing the way people work and consume. And uh, we have to adapt to that. And unfortunately, you have to adapt very quickly to a situation like this. Sometimes, in the case of, of the advent of digital media, you would have had a little bit more time if you recognized and acknowledged the changing dynamics, the changing marketplace. So uh, it's, it's just, it's really important to understand those things. We don't have, as small business owners, we don't have enough cash to experiment down a road that isn't going to lead us to more revenue. We just don't. On average, small business owners do not have that kind of resources. So uh, what does that mean for us? Well, we need to commit to an action until there's data that shows that it's not going to work. And then we need to change. So you're going to, you're thinking to yourself, well, what about staying the course? What about the dip? And so you've read Seth Godin's the dip and you're saying, well, we've got to get through the dip. Okay. Yes, you do. If the dip is on a road to something tangible, um, what I would say about that and is, is that all of that should be data-driven. And we have to pull out our ego and our feelings. Um, and that's difficult. With, with a small business, we are so tied to it, personally tied to it. It is really hard to let go of any piece of it. It took me four or five, five years to allow somebody else to do a logo for me. So I get it. You know, it, we don't want to let go of anything, but it is really important that we learn to do that, that we pull our ego out and say, you know what? There are graphic artists that are going to do a better job with a logo than I am. I don't have a graphic arts degree. I'm not even a really good artist. So, but we have to admit that and let people in to our business. And that's really tough, but it is also the, the best way to get the best information and the best results um, by getting our ego and our feelings out of the decision-making process and keep with the data. So now you're saying, well, what about trusting your gut? And yeah, so my only advice, there are times where trusting your gut is, is going to be something you're going to have to do because there isn't going to be enough data to tell you one way or another that you're making a mistake or that you're doing the right thing. There just isn't. And that's part of, uh, that's part of the, uh, the, the whole risk benefit of being an entrepreneur. But what I would say is we need to validate as much of our gut with data. And this is where, and this is not, you know what, I think I'll do a series on cognitive bias, but we're not going to talk too much about it today. Um, 
But this is where cognitive bias comes in, in, and one of them is confirmation bias, right? Where we want to look for things that confirm what our gut tells us, and we want to reject data that would actually conflict with what our gut says. Um, we've, and, and that brings me to, well, let's, let's just tie that up. So if you're breaking new ground, there may not be good data. So then you have to look for tangential data and other stuff that you can say, okay, this is why this applies. Or you start to look at, at a, a field of tangential data, data that isn't directly related, but is related in, in a, an indirect way. And you say, okay, well, these two things say I'm doing the right thing, but these 17 things say that what I'm doing is probably not going to work. You have to make a decision based on that. And, and so uh, it's important to understand that that uh, it's very hard to do that if you're not objective. So since we can't be objective, what do we do? Well, we learn to find objectivity. Well, data facts are objective. That's the first thing. A fact is an objective thing by definition. What isn't objective? Your friends. They're not, I'm sorry. They're not objective. Your family, not objective. Um, spouses, not objective. Uh, and if they're good, coaches and consultants are objective or should be. And so when it comes to wrapping all of this up, the practical action that we can take away from each of these things is that when you feel super busy, break the cycle and slow down. So when you're taking action and you're just acting, 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 back up, slow down, and, and take some time so that you can focus your action on things that make your company better. Um, when you take action and when you're focusing the field, don't think about having, you know, don't expect for the response from the marketplace to be, I sent an ad out and so... I'm going to get, you know, X, Y, Z ad revenue. You have to, you have to get some, but instead of thinking of it in terms of creating that opposite or almost polar reaction, think about it as narrowing that focus, narrowing your, your market's choices, you know, or their desire for choices. We just want them to think about us. We want us to be more important than our competitors. And then finally, really try to dig into objectivity, act on facts and work hard to pull your ego out of the equation. So, all right. So that's, that's the, the podcast for the week. Uh, I have to tell you, this was, this is interesting. So I, I started the show or I got set up this morning and I had moved my camera because I was, um, doing a, um, a video for, well, I'm doing a, a website overhaul and I wanted to do some videos for some landing pages, which, uh, and so I had to move my camera from my live stream setup over to, uh, another location to shoot that video. And so, you know, I, I've done enough live stream episodes now where, you know, I don't set up a long time in advance. 
I, I have the, the equipment set up here. It's ready to go. I usually have to just turn on the camera and the lights and, and, uh, and load up the right slides on the, on the screen and, and run with it. And, uh, so I get over here and the camera's not even in on the tripod. I get the camera on the tripod, get everything set up. And I thought my camera was broken. I'm trying to plug in the HDMI output to go to my, to, to my streaming equipment. And literally 10 minutes before the show, I'm trying to figure out how come my HDMI cable won't fit. And so I hate to admit it, but I was over at my desk, YouTubing, Sony camera, blah, 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 HDMI output. And I found a video where this guy had a problem with the HDMI output. And I looked at, at the video and I didn't even watch it. I looked at the video and it showed the camera and it showed the HDMI input in a completely different location on the camera. And I'm like, well, what it, I have the wrong camera. What's going on here? Yeah. I was trying to put it in the wrong port. And of course, they're, they they use raised black letters in plastic on the black plastic in order to identify which port is which, and I don't see like I used to, so consequently, I had to get out my readers and uh, eventually did figure it out, obviously, because I'm here. Uh, little side note, funny story. Next week, episode 55, we will be talking about leverage. That will be the last in our physics of business series here. Uh, if you enjoyed this video or found it helpful, please hit the subscribe button and hit that little bell that tells you when we've released new content or lets you know when something is scheduled. Uh, we do the show at 10 a.m. on Wednesday, no, Thursdays, Mountain Time, uh, live. And with that, it's, it's time for me to get back to work. Oh, hold on, hold on, back up. All right, this is, that's to get for doing stuff live. Um, show notes, there are my show notes. Show notes will be at https.info forward slash, no, b50p.info forward slash UATTR054 with all the information from this particular episode, download the podcast version, um, watch the video there if you uh, didn't catch all of it this time and uh, any additional resources and, and comments that I might uh, share. Again, thank you for watching. Now it's time for me to get back to work.